This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Oh, today just doesn't seem like the, the most happiest of days for the Almost Famous Podcast. Uh, we're going to start out a little odd. I mean, I feel like we have to. There's no other option. I have my co-host, Ashley Kennedy, in studio. Um, Ashley, I want to just start out. Just How are you doing? I am fine. I'm I'm good, Ben. I am. I mean, it's a sad situation. Obviously, you guys, I don't want to say obviously, but some of you out there may have heard that Kevin and I split up, and obviously all breakups are not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, so for anybody out there listening, um, my wonderful and beautiful uh, co-host, Ashley, uh, was dating um, Kevin uh, from Bachelor Winter Games. Uh, they had a relationship, from my perspective, and I don't want to speak for Ashley, and I'll let Ashley speak for herself here, um, but from my perspective, it was one that was supportive. Um, they cared a ton for each other, but unfortunately, just like uh, some really great relationships do, and we'll talk about that later on the podcast, um, this relationship ended. And and because Ashley is a, a huge part of this podcast, uh, we we didn't know any other way to do the podcast but to talk about it. And we're lucky enough to have Ashley in studio, and then we're also going to bring Kevin on. Um, so the two of them can talk, share their perspective. I'll try to walk them through this. Uh, what I do want to say is this shows that both people have a lot of respect for each other and a lot of love and a lot of care if they're willing to come out and talk to each other, even post-breakup, uh, on air and live for all of you. So, Ashley, thank you. Um, what exactly uh, is your relationship like with Kevin today? I I think we're we're total we're totally friends. When he comes out to LA next, or if I ever find myself in Toronto, I we will be seeing each other for sure. Um, everybody knows that I stay pretty close to my exes between Jared and Wells. Um, you know, I'm in good terms with all of them, and consider them both really good friends. I do want to say, like, why do you I, do that? Why do you do that? Why do you stay so close with them? What's your reasoning for that? I guess like when there's somebody so important in your life and somebody you got along with and cared about and loved as a person so much that you just can't, I just find that it's it's weird to eliminate them from your life. And it didn't work out romantically for some reason, but doesn't mean that you can't still be friends. I mean, of course, if it was like a nasty breakup or I broke up with him or we broke up for reasons that were, you know, hostile <laughs> because like we genuinely didn't get along that's one thing but if it's just like not there then and it's not like a long term like this is my person type of thing then it's different if you want to be friends afterward i mean that's something we've talked about in the podcast before and, and just to refresh anybody actually when is that no longer appropriate or is it ever not appropriate to stay friends with your exes and stay in communication with them I feel like it just depends what the current relationship is like and what the previous relationship was like. I think there's been situations in my life that I've stayed close to my exes. Actually, I, I'm, I would say I have a decent relationship with all of them, but some look different than others. You know, for example, my relationship in college was somebody that I cared a ton about, that I loved. When we broke up, we didn't talk for two years, but today we can have a good conversation and, and talk very openly about life, and we, we have a lot of respect for each other. Well, that took time. And so, I don't know, it's just like the, the easy out in this is, well, it takes time to kind of figure out what that relationship's going to look like or to even see if you desire 
to still have a relationship with that person. I mean, totally. I think the unique thing for you, Ashley, and I want to hear, you know, kind of this is not that you stay close with your exes, but that you stay close with them right away. It's, it's almost like, you know, have you allowed yourself the time to feel this? Um, I think with Kevin, we like, you know, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> um, I think that maybe the reason I've stayed close to the two particular exes we're referring to is because in the Bachelor family, it's hard to avoid them and ignore them. So as might as well just be friends because you're probably going to have to see them pretty much right away anyway. So with Kevin, because we're so closely associated in public, I feel like that's a reason that like we may jump into a friendship quicker. Hmm. Than I would if That's I was just like a regular, like a regular ex who like I could actually just distance myself from in every way. I mean, but I mean, I think for me, uh, you know, I had a relationship in the Bachelor franchise and you know, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's hard for me to see myself. You know, if I ran into Lauren today, it'd be really hard, not because I just like her, but it would be really hard on me. And so I just think it's either one impressive two new and kind of modern to, to have such a quick relationship. Or three, Very I just wanted, wanted an explanation from you because I think it is I think it is something that not a lot of people can do is become friends with their exes so quick. I mean, you and, you and Kevin announced your breakup when? Um, it, it was announced on Monday, but it happened last week. I think it's actually, the, it's all about how we broke up and why. So I think we should discuss that more. Why is it? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's the, okay, first off. He is like the most um like he's I don't want to use cliches like amazing. He's so sweet, but like he is. He's like so like sugary. He like truly is like just a genuine nice guy, and you can vouch for him on that. He's very protective, like not just in like the physical way that like, he like wants to provide and protect for his woman and his family, which I love the old fashioned the romance of that all but he also mean i also mean that like emotionally like he just wants to be that rock for his person and to be completely there for them emotionally and completely committed to someone like that is what he desires and i think that is just so beautiful and yeah he just he wants to create that safe space for someone and the way that he like cares about me and i'm sure whoever he's with and he cherishes me it's it's just it's what every girl wants and it's just it's sad when it doesn't work out and the reason that it doesn't it didn't work out here is I just feel like there was like a lack of connection I don't want to blame distance I would never blame distance um I know that it's been in some of the articles but I am like a strong believer that I would move or at least make it work for the love of my life even if they were on the other side of the country like the planet um but for us it was just like a lack of connection and like I think mental chemistry, obviously the physical chemistry was there. We won the kissing competition, <laughs> but to uh, quote Carrie Bradshaw, as you hate when I do, it was just missing that Zaza zoo. And I think, I think after three months, you kind of know, like, if this isn't my person, if this isn't my soulmate, my future husband, you have to let it go because it's just not fair for both of you. And especially at the ages we're at, I told Kevin, I was like, if we were in our mid-20s and we wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend, like I think we could have been boyfriend and girlfriend for a long time. But as two people who are very marriage-focused um, at 30 and 34, I think that the best thing to do is like if this isn't my forever, we should just end it now without keeping it 
just lingering through trips here and there. So, so is that how the conversation went down? You brought this up to him and just said, "Hey, I'm not not feeling this. Uh, the connection isn't there. You know, we're getting to the age where we just can't play around anymore. I think this needs to be done." Mm, yeah, um, I just knew. You know, I had was been feeling those feelings for like a couple weeks leading up to the conversation, and it was like our first deep sit down conversation for a couple days. Like I was just so bombarded with my birthday and the Bachelor finale and stuff, and. I just thought, I was like, I think this is going to be the phone call because we have to come up with a trip to see each other. And I don't know if that would be right to do right now because I think it would just lead this whole thing on a dragging journey. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually, I listened to you here and I wonder how heavy was this, like, how heavy was this on your heart and, oh, and on your shoulders and on your mind? So much. I've never felt like this before. It was the hardest thing ever it was the hardest conversation to have it just it how, killed how me times, my how many heart times in your life have you actually broke up with somebody obviously never before <laughs> never before this is the first time i mean walk me through that i i hate to say that i broke up with him but like you know i i feel like i asked him i go do you really think i'm your forever person and he's like, I don't really know if I, I thought about that before. And I was like, well, I think at three months at these ages, you should be thinking about that. And if you're not, he was like, maybe since I haven't, that's probably a sign that you're not. And I'm like, yes, probably. Yeah, but you you were going into it with the intention that this was probably going to be the conversation that ended things. So walk for all of our listeners out there, because uh, most of the people who listen to this podcast or most of the people who will listen to this podcast at some point in their life, will either be in a breakup, go through a breakup. And I guess that is one of the themes of this podcast is we all get broken up with or we're all going to be the person that has to break up with somebody. At some point in our life, a relationship will end. As unfortunate as that is, it is just part of life. Actually, going into that week, uh, preparing for that conversation with Kevin, like how are you feeling? It was the worst feeling I've ever had. Like, I've always been on the other side of the relationship. You know, I've always been the one that's, like, holding on and knowing the breakup is coming. And it is the worst feeling in the entire world. So I've never been, like, I've, I had, like, a feeling in my chest all week, you know? Just, like, that heaviness on your heart. It's not just an expression. It's, like, something that your body physically feels. And I've never been so overwhelmed with, like, empathy and compassion just because I've been on that side so many times. Um it's just a horrible, horrible feeling. And yeah, it does, it does make you ask like that debate. Would you rather break up with somebody or would you rather be broken up with? Because both are horrible, especially when the person is so terrific. Like they have the best heart and soul. All they do is want to like care for you. And it makes it even I, I difficult because, you know, like there's there's those relationships where you're like, no, we're fighting and like there's this about this person. I can't live with that. But it's just when there's a lack of spark and that's the only thing, really, those are the hardest of breakups. I get it. I mean, and, and it doesn't help that the person that you recently just broke up with is coming on to this podcast here in a second. But it also shows uh, a side of you, Ashley, that that I know we all appreciate. And that's the fact that you can um, keep a respectable relationship uh, and that you treat your, your significant others so well that they have a hard time getting, getting you out of their life at all. And they'd rather just even be friends with you. Uh, and, and, and the opposite would be losing you completely. So I think it's, 
it's incredible the relationship you can keep with Kevin. Yeah, well, I'm really glad because I just don't under, you know, I know it's hard to be friends with somebody afterward, but if you leave it on such good terms and you really enjoy each other as people, as mine as well, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a huge part of like my daily or weekly life, but like, am I going to check in with him every now and then? Yeah. But I, he, he appreciated the fact that I was so honest with him and it was so hard, you know, honesty is honestly so hard. It's hard. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but you don't want to drag people along, you know? It's like you got to rip the Band-Aid off because in the long run, if you drag it out and you keep, like, sugarcoating it all, it's going to make them feel even worse. It's funny because I remember when Wells was on this podcast, like, six months ago talking about how he did that with me. He was like, but don't you like the fact that I didn't sugarcoat it? And I was like, no. I need it delivered with more sensitivity. You... You deliver it with sensitivity, but like, yes, being honest with the person and not stringing them along is the best way to do it. I I completely agree. So let's uh, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's get Kevin on the line. But before we do that, I need to tell you all about Smart Suites. Uh, Smart Suites is one of our newest and uh, most revolutionary supporters of this podcast. Uh, I I really like them. They sent sent us a bunch of uh, Smart Suites to our houses. We've tried them, and I think you're all going to be amazed after listening to this. Just exactly what I'm going to tell you about. Okay, so listen. Listen very closely. With only 3 grams of sugar and 90 calories per bag, Smart Sweets gummy bears have 85% less sugar than the leading gummy bear. What do they taste like, you ask? They taste like a normal gummy bear. <laughs> they are incredible. They do. They have mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, they are sweet. They I'm are chewing chewy. right now, guys. Chewing. I mean, that is really... Uh, what I love about them, let me just repeat this now that you know that we're talking about gummy bears. Three grams of sugar and 90 calories per bag, and you can enjoy yourself some gummy bears. Okay, so Smart Sweets was founded by 23-year-old Tara Box, who started recipe testing in her kitchen with a gummy bear mold from Amazon to innovate the first healthy candy that cooks sugar. Smart Sweets gummy bears are free from sugar alcohols, artificial sweeteners, and added sugar. I'm telling you, I've loved candy all of my life. I'm a big fan of gummy bears, but I've also, as I've gotten older, I've tried to step away from the sugars. So Smart Sweets gummy bears are perfect for me. I mean, who doesn't want a gummy bear that also is healthy? It's the first healthy candy that cooks sugar. So it's now available nationwide at Whole Foods as well as SmartSweets.com. Use our code, almost famous, on SmartSweets.com for free shipping on orders over $30 within the U.S. or Canada. That's smartsweets.com. Use our promo code, Almost Famous, today. They're worth it. They're revolutionary. Moving on now to bring in the other person that's been affected by this relationship. This just feels to me um, not odd. It actually kind of feels healthy. Uh, I am ecstatic to introduce this person. I think he is an incredible man. I was so excited that he was with uh, one of my closest and best friends, Ashley. Um, I have a, I hold this guy to a very high regard. Kevin, are you on the line with us? Hey, I'm here, buddy. Kevin, welcome to the Almost Famous Podcast. Uh, thank you for coming on here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I love you guys. Oh, we uh, love Kevin, you. we just uh, we just got done talking to Ashley, um, kind of breaking down um, your relationship from her perspective. Kevin, so I, before we get started, there's been a con, kind of a question that was brought up. And, and for all of our listeners out there, please email us at Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com with your thoughts on this. 
Uh, it's interesting that you and Ashley can stay friends so quickly after a breakup. Do you feel like this is common? Is this something that's happened in your life before? Is this healthy? Can, can you kind of walk us through that? Uh, you know what? I think I think uh, we kind of started on friendship. Like, I think the way me and her clicked uh, when we first met, I just knew the way we kind of laughed, we'd have to, we'd have to go about everything. I, I just felt like it was it was a connection that, you know, depending on, or, or no matter what happens down the, down the line, I always just felt like we had a good connection from the start. Um, and I feel like there's no, there's nothing, nothing happened between us. I think a lot of exes, uh, you might not remain friends if, if there was an event that happened. I think Ashley and I just got put into a situation and in this franchise, I mean, it happens all the time where, um, you kind of fall for the person first and then all the logistics or the, the long-term thought process comes later. Um, and I feel like there's no, there's nothing between us that's negative. So there's no reason we can't be friends and we still get along. So, so great. I still, you know, text her every day, see how she's doing. It's not like it's a, uh, like, I feel like you really have to have a negative thing happen. If two people cared about each other at any point in their lives, you should be able to remain friends unless there was a negative thing happen. That's how I feel. That's exactly what I said. It wasn't yeah, like we I had mean, a hostile breakup. It was like we get along really well. It's just taking the romance out of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I will say, I think I did bring it up to Ashley. Like, it was it was square away. I'm a pretty, like, black and white guy, and I'm really working on trying to live in the gray area a little bit more. And I remember right when we got back from Vermont, um, I was in Florida for Christmas, and we had FaceTimed a few times right, right away. And, and I think I even brought it up really early, like, long-term question like the stupid guy that i am like already thinking down the road and her response was can we just enjoy this for a while and then i kind of paced off her and said yeah let's do that because this will be a fun experience i was coming to la for a whole bunch of the month of february and i was going to be staying with her and we had a bunch of plans um in january as well but i just kind of let her control and not let me i'm usually a bit of a control freak i like to kind of know where i'm going next and this time I decided to try to be the passenger a little bit and say, let's just enjoy each other's company, get to know each other, have our fun experience, and then we'll take it from there. And I think we've kind of put the serious talks that a lot of people have, um, we put it on the back burner and just enjoyed enjoyed the process and enjoyed getting to know each other before we had to kind of answer those tough questions. Were, were the tough questions the one that, in your opinion, Kevin ultimately pulled you apart, or was there anything else? I feel like, when you start off in a long distance relationship, it's um, it's kind of a double edged sword. You you need to live in the same place to know if you're compatible forever. But to, in order for somebody to really uproot their life and go somewhere, you feel like you want to be going for this for that person forever. And I know in certain situations in your life, I know um, I did have a long distance relationship in my early twenties, and my girlfriend was in school, so she transferred schools. We dated for a year; it didn't work out. And we're still friends, and that was fine. But now that I'm in my 30s, and, and Ashley as well, I know you're, you're not big on, like, my life is pretty established here. And I'm not saying I wouldn't move for the right relationship. Um, I just feel like it, you have to be very sure. You have to be kind of over that hump. And after spending so much time out there, um, kind of being a fanboy of Ashley and, you know, getting to see her life a little bit out there, and I realized she's so meant for that. Like she's, I'm just very proud of her. She's a very – she's a very – um, meant to be in LA and I, I'm a huge fan of her. Um, and I realized 
when when I really get down to it, would I move there? Um, I would, but a lot of stuff would have to happen first. And if I would ever bring her here, even though I love the city of Toronto and I love living here, um, I would always feel like I'm going to be resented eventually because it doesn't have the same career opportunity. And I, I think she's going to be a huge success. I think her 30s are going to be the best years of her life. And I just, I wasn't able to get over that that hump. And, and actually, it was, it was Ashley that um, kind of, it was good of her to let me enjoy the process because um, when I did go through this kind of the first time, um, I made similar mistakes. Where right when I, I was in, I was engaged off of the television show, I was right away thinking, like, when are we doing this? And it was one of my faults that I had. I didn't just let it happen. And I think the great thing about the way Ashley approached it was, like, I'll, the Vermont experience was so fun. Like you guys both know, I had a great time there, and um, I was so glad I met Ashley. I think we had a really, really good bond together. Um, I think just once we got into the real world, um, we kind of experienced how each of us live individually and realized that it just didn't mesh. I think Ashley said it to me pretty well the other day. Of You can meet somebody that's meant to be in your life and meant to, you know, be an important part of your life, but doesn't necessarily mean they have to be your forever, like, person. And I see Ashley as someone that I will never not think the best of and not want to call and see how she's doing. I just don't think... Um, I don't think that we're, we're our lives line up to kind of take that next step. Mm-hmm. And I actually really appreciate that she was able to kind of address that early on because the more I, I'm a very uh, committed guy. So the more I, and Ashley, you know this, the more I, the more time goes on, the more visits and weeks go on, I would have just been more and more into it. And then yeah. just the heartbreak is just so much worse. Yeah. So, uh, he's so committed. It's like the, greatest thing to see from a guy like when he is in he is all in and he just wants to do everything to make it work and I think that at some point that could almost be a flaw because like you do get really like into the idea like this must be a success but like then you just have to step back and be like but is this the right you know the right story to end like that and, and it's also different just uh, the way our the way our lives work. Uh, long distance can work. I've seen it work before. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm obligated to a city where I work 24 hour shifts, and I mean I get months off at a time to do TV shows. But I, <laughs> to be able to go to be able to go every weekend back and forth, and it, it's so hard to do, especially with Ashley's busy lifestyle. That um, we we both just appreciated the fact that we really care about each other, and we had a, we had a great connection. But I just don't think our lives kind of go in the same direction we have totally different lifestyles and interests you know and it's just like yeah yeah. like i love him being part of my life but i don't think it's we just we just don't think that they're like our person forever kevin i want to ask you uh and i'm gonna ask ashley the same question how ready are you to find that person i think this uh this whole experience um i think it kind of got me um, got me over that uh, over that hump. The, the breakup that I went through last year was was pretty rough on me. Uh, definitely doubted it that I was ready even when we went to Vermont. Uh, similar to to your thoughts at the start, then. And I just think um, I'm definitely ready. Like I'm I'm in that I'm in that point where um, I'm always moving and I always want to do the next thing. But at the same time, I've I've had a very good feeling. Twenties and my thirties are going very well. That I, I see my two little nieces with my brother and stuff. I'm definitely ready for that. Like, that's, like, number one on my radar. Maybe that's why I might come off a little intense when I am into somebody. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say I'm desperate, but I also, like, I want to have 
I'm desperately looking for that. Like, I, I love to come home and cook for a woman. I want to have a family. Like, this is what this is the life that I want. So, I'm definitely ready, Ben. I think it's just you just got to be patient and let it happen. He is the ultimate husband material, and I still believe this completely. Like, I cannot wait for him to find his. Like, you know that Wilson Phillips song that I never understood. It's like about your ex finding love and happiness. It's like actually how I feel about Kevin. Like I can't wait to see him in that element. What about you? I mean, Ashley, then what, what, I mean, what happened? I mean, he's everything you told me. You you think he's the best looking guy to walk the face of this earth. You know, he's sweet. He's ultimate husband material. I mean, this might not even be on Kevin. Ashley, what's going on in your life that kind of, doesn't allow you to get to this point. No, I, I think there's just, there was, there, and there's the, it sounds a little harsh, but it's just that lack of, there's magic. There's, we get along very well. It's just, there's a little something missing and you can't really pinpoint what it is. It's just, that's just that's how totally, I feel. I feel like that's normal. And I feel like you get those connections all the time where if you take away our outside world and just put Ashley and me on an island together, we'd probably get along really well. And that's what Vermont was. Um, and then you add in everything mm. else and interest. It can be everyday interest to, to when we get up in the morning to, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just lifestyle yeah. that two people can go in different kind of directions. doesn't mean they don't still love and respect each other. It just means if it doesn't line up and the older you get, the quicker you want to identify that. Totally. I mean, Kevin, for you, when Ashley gave you the phone call and you guys started the conversation and it was, you know, kind of, we, we got a little backstory to that of how the conversation went at this point in time, were you feeling the lack of spark also, or was this kind of a one-sided thing? Um, I feel like I was I was very like Ashley said earlier. I, I got that commitment thing where I just I I'm very hard at giving up on things, and I'm not saying that we gave up on it and without trying. I'm saying I I was still ready to come there again. And I know her birthday. I wanted to be there when I had to work, and I was planning on coming out either that week or she was going to come here. And I knew I knew we definitely had like an uphill battle. Like I, I wasn't a hundred percent in yet, but I also knew I wanted to see her again. But now that a few days have passed and we've both kind of collected our, our thoughts and emotions and stuff, I know I know she made the right call, and I know this is the way it should be. And um, I honestly, true, and I, I feel like I got friend zoned. Actually, you friend zoned me this time. Oh wow! <laughs> Lipping, turning the tables. But I, but I'm okay. I think uh, the more I process it, and the more I mean, I've kept this kind of to myself. I didn't want any comments getting out there with it us doing this because I know we wanted this to be our platform to kind of talk about it but um, I've been to myself but the few people like my parents or whoever I have talked I know they just see that I'm a very loving person and I want I want the best things for Ashley I just don't think um, the spark was was fully ignited by the time that we had the conversations so I respect her for at least kind of doing it earlier on except for like, we could have done two or three more trips mm-hmm. and and then it just would have kind of dragged it out so it's, it's all good it makes sense and I want to address kind of why we decided to talk about this on the podcast. One, um, I've been like so open and sharing my entire love life with everybody out there for like three years. So when my first breakup happens, I think that it's something that there'll be a nat. There was, there is a natural curiosity about. And what I wanted to prevent was everybody's interpretations personal interpretations and like all the social media picking apart and um i just didn't want people 
to make assumptions and like to be like oh Ashley's the sad girl like I'm crying for her like her poor broken heart and I didn't want people like villainizing him and saying like he did so and so like no like we just wanted to like kind of get this out there together since we are on such a such friendly terms and be like no guys this is actually how it happened like don't come up with your crazy theories I mean, you better do this on the podcast. Are you kidding me? We both have a stake in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you did it on the podcast, I'd be so mad. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know if you would give this to anybody else, that'd be up there. No, it's um, like a nice, safe place for us to just yeah. talk about it, like, you know, civilized people. Yeah, I felt, I felt like, too, I felt like we, we talked about this uh, a day or two after we had this conversation, and um, rather than it just be something, you know, if, if one rumor starts of what happened, it, it can get pretty and, I, and this is still a new world to me i know you guys have been in it for a while but um ashley is pretty open with all of her fans and and people watch the show get invested in our relationship so at the end of the day we respect the process of, of what we signed up for and we respect that if i was following somebody that i really was kind of rooting for it, it, we don't owe them an explanation but at the right. same time we, we appreciate that they should get one so it, it, it's not that was it, so it was perfectly put was it so makes perfect. sense uh, it yeah. makes complete sense kevin i know you got to go here you're a busy guy you got to get back to uh, saving the world and fighting fires in Canada. I mean, what an attractive um, job, you know? I, I, you've already talked him up enough, Ashley. You, we know you love Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, oh, we, yeah. we, we've got to hear your reasoning. We've got to hear your heart. And Is there anything here um, to kind of close out this segment with you that you'd want to say to Ashley, uh, just for the listeners to hear, uh, so they know exactly what you think of this beautiful young lady uh, we all love? Uh, the, one, the only thing I really got to say now that I'm, I, I have a whole, um, I kind of have my own vision of her now because I didn't, I didn't see her in past seasons of the show. I didn't know her reputation. I didn't know. Any, I just met her very organically. You know, um, got to know each other with with no outside distractions, and then getting to kind of see her in her everyday life. I realize she's going to be a wonderful wife and mother, and whenever she is ready, there'll be a lineup down the block for her. Um, and I know that she's going to be, that'll be like probably her favorite part of her whole life. And I know she, she comes from a great family and they'll just, uh, I'm, I'm going to be jealous already of whatever guy ends up with her. Cause I know how great she is. And um, I'm just happy to have met her. I'm happy that we kind of went through this together because I think if, if either of us weren't there for this experience, uh, we might've both had maybe a negative experience. I think we kind of helped each other through the whole thing right up until I flew home, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was all positive, and I think that's the one great thing, and that's the reason why I love this whole. I love this whole. I know you guys are both fans of it too, but I love this whole process of, of like human interaction because I got to know Ashley without even knowing one comment about her. I just got to, you know, get to know her as a person and then build from that. And it didn't work out this time, and um, I just know she is going to blow some guy's socks off one day and just be the wife of the century. So. Oh, you're the sweetest. Kevin Went, we love you. We respect you. I think incredibly highly of you. Thank you for being a great guy to my friend. Uh, Thank you for showing uh, men out there uh, how to treat a woman. Kevin, we wish you not only the best from this podcast, but as friends of yours, uh, we are completely rooting for you. Ashley, I know you agree. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. And I'm glad that you guys even got to hear him today because I think it's further proof that he is just, like, such a catch. Thank you, guys. Hey. I appreciate you having me on. Kevin we appreciate Wendt, it. Coming on almost podcast. Uh, keep being hot. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.
That was cathartic. How'd that feel? That felt good. It felt good. I'm glad that we did that. I think it, it's a it was a perfect demonstration of how we really feel towards each other. I I mean, Ashley, I'm sitting here and I, it's still weird for me to think that you're even in a relationship after Winter Games, honestly, because <laughs> who would have thought that Winter Games would have led either of us to actually like being in a relationship? But but you met somebody that you were so excited for that you're so excited about. I want to know from you personally, I know that when Kevin first started showing interest in you, it was a good confidence booster for you. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've seen, and and you can tell me if I'm completely wrong. Listeners, I want you to tell me if I'm completely wrong. You do a pretty good job at that anyways. Um, Since you've met Kevin, you've stood, you you haven't owned your identity as the emotional kind of, uh, friend-zoned person that maybe you, you had before. Mm-hmm. You've tried to change your identity. You spoke against maybe your emotions. You spoke against always being friend-zoned. You've almost became this new Ashley, and I want to know where that comes from because even in the conversation with Kevin, I hear you trying to defend who you are now compared to who you are before. Really? Well, I do think that our relationship was like this I don't want it's like it's stepping stone um which is maybe a weird term but for both of us like I think he needed to find someone to get him out there um because he was you know he wasn't as he he was pretty torn up still about his the breaking off of his engagement and okay so I guess I came around like eight months after that and he had not really dated or invested emotionally in anyone until me and he needed me to kind of like get himself back out there and to just let himself feel for somebody again. And then for me, I guess I needed to find someone who was going to make me feel really valued, cherished, um, sexy, just uh, and make me feel like a catch. Not that I've always thought I was a catch. Like I've never been that girl who's like, nobody likes me. Like why, what's wrong? I've never been the girl who says what's wrong with me. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever even said that on the show. I've always been the girl who's like, why doesn't he like me? Like, what is it about him that doesn't like me? So I've always had like more confidence that I feel like people think that I, that I have. Um, but it, it, it does give me a nice sense of security to be like, Oh no, this guy, like he thinks I'm all that. Um, and that kind of confirms for me that I am. (laughs) I mean, we all think you are. And, and it sounds like your emotional health is intact, and and, and we can tell uh, that you're doing okay. But let's talk about your physical health health for a second, and I want to talk about it by introducing you to Quip. Oh. When it comes to your health, Ashley, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They're combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Let me tell you about Quip. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. Guiding pulses alert you to switch sides, making the br- brushing the right amount of effortlessness. You know what happens? I brush with a uh, clip, and I'm laughing because, I, you know, it does. It alerts you when you switch, switch sides, and now mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be able to brush without that. No I, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm honestly, like, I think I, I, I've gotten so used to being triggered of, okay, time to hit the left side. Um Anyway, Quip also comes with a mount that functions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going to your gym bag or a carry-on. And because that thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush 
on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5 with free shipping worldwide. Not, not in the U.S., not like Generous Coffee. No, it's worldwide. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. I use it. Ashley uses it. We all use it. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com backslash almost famous, right now you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com backslash almost famous. Getquip.com slash almost famous today. I'm telling you, use it to help your brush, keep your teeth clean. We all need it. Ashley, getting back now from your physical health, back to your emotional health. Ashley, we ha- you have these exes that you're friends with. You have people in your life that you care a lot about. Are- when are you going to be ready? Do you know if you're going to be ready again for any type of romantic connection or romantic relationship, or is this going to take co- time? I think I'll take a little bit of time off, but I, I don't think I have a, a big recovery period I have to go through. So, you, I mean, if, if the right guy, if Prince Charming or whoever, Terry Bradshaw, that's her name, right? <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw, not Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. Okay, so if, you're, if I remember right, if you're Mr. Big, walked into a room, right? Is that, am, am I Yes, 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 correctly? you're doing a great job. Okay, if you're Mr. Big, walked into a room right now, you know, you would be ready to at least sit down and have a conversation and you feel like you're still open to the possibility of finding somebody right now. You're, you're healed enough or you're recovered enough for that. I, I feel like, yes. Awesome. Ashley, one thing selfishly uh, that I, I could not tell you uh, until now, because now you, you are back to being single. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I recognize that I wasn't getting uh, as many questions from you on advice recently and i wonder if any of that has to do on the podcast and outside of the podcast i wonder if any of that has to do with the fact that kevin was in your life maybe could so be now you're back to leaning on the almost famous podcast and your dr ben advice I need dr right. ben back uh well speaking of dr ben um we also have our other favorite doctor dr nick vile in the in the hot seat right now um nick's gonna come on here in a second uh, Nick and I are going to talk about breakups with Ashley. We're going to talk about how we recover from breakups, uh, how we recommend you recover from break- breakups. We're going to reach out to you again for advice. Um, anybody out there that, that has any advice on how to recover from a breakup or, or any of their crazy breakup stories, please email us at beninashley at iheartmedia.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll read or try to read your emails on this podcast. Before we talk to Nick, You know what's just as much fun as Nick? Shopping! I went to the mall the other day, though, and it wasn't that much fun because I couldn't find anything. I wasted two hours of my day, and I couldn't even find what I was looking for. It was so frustrating. I was just looking for a basic sweater. Does that even exist anymore? My options were, like, super low V-necks or really expensive, unflattering sweaters. This is why I hate going to the mall. And why La Tote is perfect. With La Tote, you can rent up to $300 worth of clothing from designer brands like BCPG, Nike, Rebecca Mankoff for as low as $59 a month. Get a box of fashion delivered right to your door and you'll always have something new to wear. 
It's so easy. It's better clothes than I would ever find shopping at the mall, and it saves me money. So go to Latote.com, that is L-E-T-O-T-E.com, to get started. Enter promo code ALMOSTFAMOUS at checkout to get 50% off your first month, and from there, you'll get a completely customized tote within days. Wear it all, and when you're done, return the rest of it in the mail, and they'll start preparing your next tote immediately. Again, that is Latote.com, and our code is ALMOSTFAMOUS, and you'll always have something new to wear. It's amazing. We have one of our favorite bachelors in studio right now. This guy, uh, you know, I just want to be clear, and and what you all don't see and hear on this podcast or on a show is Nick has been very supportive to me through my uh, relational struggles. Uh, He also is one of the people that has the most respect for his breakup. He he holds it very close to his chest. Uh, He has a lot of respect for his uh, uh, former relationships. So we thought nobody else that has more respect for his partners than to come in and talk respectively about breakups and also give advice on how you handle breakups than one of our favorites, Nick Vile. Nick, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Ben? How you doing, buddy? What's up, dude? Uh, hey, you know, obviously this podcast feels a little different today. I mean, how often do you have uh, a couple that has recently broke up, actually within the last week, come on and talk to each other? I mean, that's, that's unique. Um, that's different. But it just shows kind of the character that Ashley and Kevin hold. Nick, I've, I've noticed just from conversations with you, you have a lot of respect for your past relationships and that you, you have a certain way that you kind of manage and handle these breakups publicly. Can you talk to us about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been a big believer in terms of uh, relationships I've had in my life, uh, whether romantically or otherwise, that uh, they kind of help form you as a person. Um, so all of my exes... Uh, I think uh, have benefited me in some way or, or another. Um, and you get so, the stepping stone comment. It's like all a part of the path to your person. Sure. I mean, I think being uh, our person is you is a, it's it's a nonstop evolution. I don't think we ever. Hopefully, we never peak um, in terms of who we are as people. That can always change. Um, and so I, it's. There's just no real reason to speak negatively about people um, who've had a, a a part of who are, who are part of your past. Um, you know, in any serious relationship I've been in, I've I've felt love and I've felt love for that person. I felt loved by that person, and so those are those are special moments that, even though it doesn't work out, you kind of hold near and dear to your heart. So, you know, I just try to always remember that. I, I, and, and I think that's something that I it, it really admire and look up to with you because you're, you always do give that constant reminder as, as well as Ashley just did at her, with her conversation with Kevin and Kevin vice versa is, you know, you hold these people uh, up high. No matter if there's been pain involved or not, you hold them up high because of the impact that they've had in your life and the fact that you did share life with them for a little bit. Um, let's, let's go from our personal lives here for a second to get very Bachelor-esque on everybody. I, I know this isn't always our favorite thing to do, um, but it, it makes sense because a lot of the people listening to this podcast uh, have gotten to know you and Ashley and I through um, The Bachelor. Nick, as you entered into being The Bachelor, what kind of advice were you given that you feel like was helpful for you to at least meet Vanessa, um, not necessarily leading to then the, the end of that relationship, but at least going on the right track to finding her? I feel like you're setting yourself up for success, Ben. I think I think you know the answer to this question. I mean, the best advice I got uh, was from you and your ex, Lauren. 
Um, Honestly, I mean, I think I think that's fair. That's great. If it really was that, but don't just say that because you're on the no. Podcast. It really is. I've said this in other interviews. This isn't groundbreaking news here, but um, yeah, I mean. I'm sure you remember shortly after I was announced that I had a dinner with the two of you, um, as well as Lauren's brother was there. Delightful young man. Um, and, you know, it, they were, you guys were pretty candid with your advice. And the advice I got, um, and I think you supported this, was Lauren talking about, you know, you kind of, I kind of suspected this. And, you know, as... You, 25 to 30, you know, women will come out of limo. You're bound to make real connections with a handful of those people. And, um, you know, Lauren said to me, Hey, listen, you're going to develop feelings, but if you have any inclination of who you might pick, especially if it's early on, and again, you might, you might have an inclination of who the person could be that can change. You're always, you, you try to your best to keep your heart open. But she said, if you're going to do that, be mindful and, and go out of your way to protect that relationship. Um, because you won't always be able to use the excuse, well, I was the bachelor. Um, so I really took that to heart. And um, I, I took that to heart all the way from night one to the very end. And it was very helpful for me and, and something that um, I went way out of my way to do. You know, again, unfortunately, uh, our relationship didn't work out. And is, is as much as I tried um, to do that, and I felt like I successfully did that and was in a lot of ways proud of, of how I did it, um, that world is very difficult and, and brings a lot of challenges regardless. Um, you know, it's, it's everyone's experience in that world is different. Um, and it's just a matter of perspective, but that was probably the best, uh, you know, real advice that I actually, you know, you get advice and you're like, yeah, great. That's not, and most of your advice is generic, like follow your heart and, you know, don't overthink things. Like a lot of people tell me that because they know I'm I tend to be an analytical person, but that, that was specific advice. And I think I know that you kind of echoed that. And I think I remember you saying you had wished you had heard that advice as well. Not that you didn't. And I, everyone knows you're a very respectful person, but in that world, you can kind of get caught up in things and you're, you know, as a bachelor, there's this constant struggle of, um, regardless of how you're feeling, um, if you have really strong feelings for one person, there are other feelings you have for other people. And those feelings can get confusing. Um, Every day is a new day with a, a different girl and you can go on a date and have this really great time and feel you make this connection and then you have to force yourself to press the reset button. That can be challenging and confusing and every lead bachelor, bachelorette otherwise um, has faced those challenges. And so um, having heard that advice, it just really uh, made me prioritize and really focus on the things that mattered most to me. And um, that was probably the most helpful uh, helpful advice I ever ever got. Yeah, I mean, I think that it comes. I mean, when when that advice was given, I, I can sit back and remember that that was at the uh, the yard house right there by the JW Marriott, right downtown LA. And I mean, it was really coming from a place that Lauren and I at that time uh, really loved and cared about each other, and we're trying to make it work. And we realized the things that I had done as the bachelor that were playing a huge role in the the success and lack of success of our relationship outside of the show. And so. I think it is incredibly important to lean on anybody in the past that has participated in the show. And, and before I bring up a specific thing that I, that I came across, um, I hate to interrupt, but one other, the second best advice I got was also from yeah. you. And you said, uh, it, it, I, obviously, interestingly enough, it might apply to this current season, but you said, if you're not certain, don't propose, don't get engaged. And I think that made, 
you know, again, you're always taking a leap of faith in that world. But um, I remember thinking about that towards the end and, and really questioning my feelings. But, you know, I felt so strongly for Vanessa at the time that, um, you know, I, I felt very confident in my decision to take it. It wasn't just um, based off the expectations of Bachelor Nation or the show or producers. And so that was just, again, another adv- bit of advice you gave me that is something that I took to heart and considered throughout the process. I wonder if Ari, if we if we had him on, if he would have felt, you know, that advice was good advice at this point. If he w- would have wished he would have kind of waited and processed this out. Or if he had anybody in his corner kind of telling him, hey, it is okay. This is your love story. This is your experience. Like, we're just here to watch it. I wonder if anybody had told him, you know, do what you find or need or think is best. And if you're not certain... By no means do you need to get down on one knee. That's not why this show exists. The show exists to find love, and if you need a little bit longer, that's okay. Yeah, it was very interesting that, you know, Ari season just because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of choices he made that I think you and I have discussed offline that I can't necessarily agree with or don't understand, but Ari certainly kind of did his thing. And what I mean by that is, you know, as as a former Bachelor, you kind of know the advice you get from producers and they, they do try to give you good advice. You know, sometimes it doesn't always feel that way, but they really do. Um, but it seemed like Ari was really kind of going by his own beat, so to speak. Which, interestingly enough, it's like, if that was the case, why did he propose in a sense? Cause if it was, he, he certainly did things that well, no one could, uh, no one could like objectively think if he was worried about what bachelor nation would think of him. He certainly, knew he was going to get criticized. So if it was just a fear of, of that, why not just wait and and not propose? And, you know, again, people, you know, Juan Pablo got criticized for that. You know, um, what Walmack got criticized for that. But Ari didn't seem to care about that. So, which, yeah, good for him. Um, but then why not, why propose? That, that was kind of an odd, it didn't quite make sense. But, you know, it certainly made it for good TV. I mean, Ashley and I got to speak with Ari uh, halfway through the season, and, and I got to learn a lot about him, but I did not talk to him before his season started. I didn't talk to him after he got announced as a bachelor. Did, and I don't know this, actually. Did you talk to him before his season started? Did you share advice with him? I met, I met Ari for the first time right before the season premiered, not before filming. Um, so he it, never reached out to you? No, never reached out to me. Um I met him. He asked for advice uh, at, you know, at that point. It, interesting enough, it seems like he was struggling with his choice at that point. He didn't really elaborate that to me at the time. And I actually said to him what uh, also I did hear from you, which ended up being true, was that as hard, it is, as hard as it is to be The Bachelor and film and go through the season and film the season and, and as stressful as it is and the lack of sleep, sleep it is either equally or if not harder um, post filming while the show is airing, especially in terms of um, preserving the rela- the new relationship and and the struggles that are going to come with it. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'm sure that's true when you told me that. But again, I knew what I did, I knew what I didn't do, and I felt like I set myself up and my relationship with Vanessa up for success as much as I possibly could have. And yet, it's just such a challenge um, because, you know. It's you don't know what you know Vanessa or Lauren are going to go through, and they're all entitled to have you know these feelings um, as a result to go through it. It, it takes a, a toll on on the winner, 
um, because they have to, they have to tell themselves they need to be okay with things that they would never otherwise be okay with. Um, and that, and we're not, you know, just, we're not even talking about stuff that goes on the fancy suite, just the whole process. Um, and so it's a, it's a real challenge. And so I kind of echoed that to Ari, um, and said, you know, like just, you know, be prepared. It's a challenge. And not realizing he was even struggling with his decision, and it turned out, turned out to be obviously even more of, of a situation for him than I could have anticipated. I mean, I would love to hear the two of yours' opinion. That's the two of you's opinion. Um, that's why I'm so impressed, confused by by Lauren um, Burnham and and Ari. I mean, she stuck by his side, and I mean, I thought I tried to. I mean, I obviously made some really big mistakes. Uh, and I did some things that definitely didn't set it up for success like you did, Nick. You definitely did, and I, and I know that you worked really hard at setting this thing up for success. Um, I tried, but I definitely fell short of what you did. Um, Ari fell, I think, even farther short of me, but yet, you know, he has this woman sitting next to him at the very end of, during the finale, and she is just as supportive as possible mm-hmm. of him, and it, and it looks like they are, are past the most difficult part, and that surprised me, like, because all you know, I I didn't see that side of the show. I mean, the show was really hard on my relationship. Yeah, you know, um, it. I said it, you know, again. It's interesting because um, I've heard the criticism, um, and the criticism off does seem fair. But again, when it comes to Ari's choices, I don't agree with a lot of how he handled things. Um, however, um, having been in that world, and I'm sure Ben, you would agree with this. There's no denying that he risked a lot to do what he did, regardless if you agree with how he did it or even the fact that he did it. But if he was lukewarm on Lauren or just kind of liked her more, it wouldn't make much sense for him to do what he did. He clearly, I mean, there's, I don't know how otherwise he could really realize that and maybe he had to go about this in this weird manner, um, realize that how strongly he must have felt for Lauren because otherwise why do like just ride it out with Becca and try to make it work. Mm-hmm. He, he clearly risked a lot uh, in terms of public humiliation and criticism um, for the chance at, a, 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 at Lauren yeah. uh, or with Lauren. And so I don't know if they're going to work out, um, but I thought it was a very interesting comment um, on, on Tuesday night when Molly uh, mentioned that if she wonders if her and Jason would have worked out had he not... Um, first broke up with her and, and got engaged to the other woman um, first. Because it's interesting. I, I wonder, if, with Lauren being so supportive, I feel like, in good, good credit to her, that um, when you, when again, I don't know what it's like to win um, or, or be picked, you know, the, how what Lauren and, and Vanessa had to go through. Um, and there's some struggles there. But Lauren, Lauren got broken up with by Ari. And then had that feel that heartbreak, and then she clearly loved Lauren, uh, Ari rather. Um, and once Ari came back, you can say what you want, but I think she decided to say, "Listen, I love this guy, and I'm just going to focus on the positive, and that is that I f- I get to be with the man I love, and all the other stuff I'm just going to I can't change it, and so I'm going to focus what I have." And you got to give Lauren a lot of credit because, and again, this is not to criticize your Lauren or my Vanessa. Or your Lauren, I say that, or Vanessa. But um, 
it is a struggle to to accept the things that happened while going through filming and and i think the winner constantly kind of struggles with that and it becomes an uh, an ongoing discussion and there's so many crappy conversations you have to have and stresses and i feel like lauren almost kind of alleviated herself from like worrying about the what ultimately is petty things and i think every couple agrees that they end up fighting about you know things that really have nothing to do with the relationship and in some way i feel like it almost is going to benefit them mm -hmm. it's like uh, if they got through that they can get through anything. yeah and i feel like and again that might change you know four months five months from now things can die down and everyone's different you know lauren might, might have the personality where she doesn't care about that stuff and good for her and it doesn't make other personalities bad it, it takes us it takes a lot of luck in bachelor mm -hmm. world and a certain kind of relationship to get through some of the incredible stresses that couples have to face that no other couples otherwise would have to. Hmm. I mean, Ash, I want to ask you, I mean, do you feel like your relationship with Kevin, do you feel like you felt the pressures that a normal bachelor or bachelorette couple felt after getting off the show or, or was winter games? Was that a different kind of experience for you? Um, I think the pressure I felt the most was that my doubts about the relationship naturally started happening around that two month point which in this world that's when it's almost this is like kind of when it's starting to air so i think you're really starting to find out a lot about the person and how your life would be like in regular life outside the bubble with the person right around the time that the show starts airing and that's a lot of pressure because the fans want to see the happy ending continue in the real world and um it's just kind of like if you guys think about you know out there in the real world Think about dating somebody for a little bit, and then at that two-month point, you're really like, okay, I'm starting to either see this person as a long-term partner, or this is just like a short-term stepping stone. And I think for us, the, the timing's hard because there is so much fan pressure to have that happy ending, especially with that after the final rose, reunion shows, all that. You know, uh, it brings up a good point here. As we were preparing for this podcast, uh, as I said, I came across something here. Um, trying to figure out where Ari got his advice from. I mean, if he didn't get it from Nick, and he didn't get it from me, and he didn't get it from Chris Stoll, then who in the heck was he getting his advice from? And it was pretty clear on the first episode of this season that he was going to lean on one of uh, America's favorite and former bachelors, Sean Lowe. Uh, and, and I found this quote uh, from Sean Lowe uh, preparing for this, and it says, Sean Lowe says that every Bachelor has called him after the Bachelor finale for advice. Sean also adds that not one Bachelor has fully taken his advice. Uh, says, I never called Sean him. Is the, I don't think I called him either. I think Lauren He showed up Bachelor. to both of your premieres, though. How does that feel to like have it, these guys being like, oh, I know what I'm doing Well, it was here. interesting because you know that always happens, right? Yeah. You know that usually they, they do that every season. Yeah. And I remember going to producers. I'm like, I bet you guys we're going to do this, right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah we're going to do this. And I'm like, great. Uh, I would love to see Chris and Ben. Yeah. Don't invite Sean. Um, I'll just put it out there. Um, and I bet I made a bet to the producers. I said, I bet you a million dollars that Sean gives me no advice, but he goes out of his way to remind everyone that's not everyone loves me. You know, he, and he did, he took, like, I think they aired it. He's like, well, I like you, but you know, not everyone in Bachelor Nation is your biggest fan. I'm like, thank you for reminding me. 
Thanks for the confidence boost. Yeah, thanks. And it was just like I I I think I won an actual hundred bucks from my producer. Um, so I know it wasn't planted, but um, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I did not ask for his advice. Certainly post show. Uh, I don't know what advice well, I didn't take from him, but I'm glad it's working yeah, out for him. I mean, that's t- yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we're all glad. We we don't want any, anything bad about this. But it's, uh, I took offense to this comment. Um, personally, I did. I, I read. It's a it. little annoying to hear. I'll agree. Yeah, it doesn't sit easy with me to have somebody sitting there. I mean, Nick, if you were to sit there and go, yeah, you know, I knew what Ben should have done. He just didn't listen to me. I mean, I'm sorry, but nobody, even my closest friends and my family, knows the full picture of what happened in my relationship that made it not work out. Or nobody knows what Lauren and I did to try to make it work out. Exactly. And so I mean, I'm reading this, yeah. and, it, and it hurts. It, did, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it just, it, I guess it's annoying. Well, I mean, let's be real. What it is, it's a, it's a really presumptuous, presumptuous and fairly arrogant um, to say. Uh, so, what do you think Ari did? Do you think Ari took his advice? Do you think Ari was leaning on him for advice? I don't know. I don't know Ari. And, and well, Ari was on the podcast, and he said that he talked to. I mean, Ari was on the podcast. He said, "Duh," but. But Sean was on the podcast when you weren't here, and he said he did not ask him advice about specifically the switcheroo because Sean had no idea the switcheroo was coming. Sure. I mean, it's like, I know, for example, like Sean has been, it's, again, every situation is different, as you say, Ben. Um, Sean has been, um, ever since he was on it, um, very outspoken about his experience on Dancing with the Stars um, and the challenges it brought to their relationship. Um, interestingly enough, Sean and I had the same partner. Uh, I've heard stories. Um, and that's not to say, you know, again, every relationship is different. Um, for all the challenges that Vanessa and I had, um, our experience post-filming, uh, uh, the show itself, Bachelor, was probably the most toxic part. And that's not to blame the show. It's just, that's just inevitable. In fact, dancing for us was a huge lift for us. Um, the challenges that Sean and Catherine had from dancing, we didn't have. Vanessa was awesome in terms of being supportive on dancing. I think for both of us, it was a, a really great new break um, from Bachelor World. And it was, you know, Vanessa had uh, been willing to come out to L.A. And, and we moved in together. And so she made a lot of friends on dancing. Um, and it was just an incredibly great experience. And it really... Gave us a nice little boost. Now, again, that doesn't make us right or wrong, but it sometimes is frustrating to hear because um, it wasn't a positive experience for Sean to just assume that it will never be for otherwise. And then, again, it's very easy to like, well, well, Nick did Dancing with the Stars and uh, Vanessa and Nick broke up and apparently Nick and Vanessa didn't pray to God as much as Sean and Catherine did. Um, you know, I'm, you know, you're a very religious person, Ben. I grew up very religious and, and still have a, a strong faith, but I don't maybe talk about it as much. Um, so that can be frustrating, um, sometimes because I think, you know, Ben and I have talked about this. I, I'm incredibly envious and jealous of how uh, lucky, uh, Sean and Catherine have been. And that's awesome that they have worked out and, you know, and I, I'm sure, I, I think I've heard Sean mention how lucky he is that. Uh, Catherine showed up, and I'm I'm glad him glad to 
see him say that because um, there, there, it takes a lot of luck. I mean, it's it's not easy, and it's uh, really cool that they've been able to work out. And sometimes it's a little frustrating um, to uh, to hear that person um, act like they just did it better than everyone else. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I think you're you're spot on. I think that's what. Man, I, I know. Um, I mean, I know my personal experience. Like we fought. Like we fought hard to make this thing work, and uh, we gave it everything we could. And it does. I mean, I think there isn't a formula. There isn't a, a cookie cutter formula to how this thing works and how it doesn't work. I mean, your relationship is unique, and my relationship is unique. And the one thing we can do is lean on friends for support and, and advice when it's given. But just to sit out for anybody, and I think fans of the show do this. Uh, you can see it on social media. You know, you could see it when Ari's season was wrapping. For anybody to sit out there and claim that they know best, um, most of the time those people don't. And I think that's where, where I just get maybe just offended is, hey, you have no clue how hard we work at make it, trying to make this relationship work, bachelor or not. It, if we take the bachelor out of it, this is a real relationship to sure. me. Yeah. Just like I know it was for you. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, both of us, um, we talked to a lot of friends. I think I know b- both of us, we all, we, we sought professional relationship counseling and, and things like that. Um, um, it's, uh, yeah. And I think it's because it's, uh, it is personal. And I think there's a lot of personal sadness when it doesn't work out. Um, it's, it's, uh, you invest so much and then you have to kind of admit that maybe it's best for everyone to just, as much as there's love there to let each other go. It's, it sucks to read things. And again, I, I have to, you know, I knew that, you know, I was pursuing acting before I was asked to be the bachelor. I knew that, um, because I wanted to do dancing with the stars and the, the fact that I was out in LA and continuing to pursue that post show, I was going to set myself up for potential criticism of, wanting to be famous or caring more about my career uh, than my relationship with Vanessa. Um, and that's something that I had to just accept. Uh, Vanessa was always, again, very supportive of that um, and, and was really a, a great in terms of supporting my ambitions and, and hopefully I was for her. But um, yeah, it's, it's it can be hurtful um, because it, a lot of people do make assumptions and um, sometimes you things don't work out because sometimes two people can love each other and just not be really good at bringing out the best in the other person. Sometimes there's compatibility issues and you know, um, you can really care for someone and just not be great at, um, being um, the best fit for them and, and vice versa. And that happens. It happens a lot in, in relationships. And I think we all just hope that we're lucky enough to, to meet that person who, who does it for us, and then we can all be happy. I, uh, I mean, Nick, as usual, and, and it's what's typical here is you, you speak truth and you speak it in a relatable way. And I think one thing um, that has always been helpful with me is the the just truthful, honest advice that you've given, uh, not only to me, but just you know, as a bachelor or as I've walked through this experience, and also your critiques of me and your honest, just your honest feedback. Um, but I think that's how this world works and operates. You heard it with Ashley and Kevin a little bit ago, is where the two of them are so close to each other, and they know they're going to live in this world together, um, where they're going to be talked about publicly, that the best way to do is to support each other 
through the thick and the thin. Um, and it's what we hope with Ari. Uh, you know, for all this being said, uh, for any advice we've been given or any advice that we haven't been given post-bachelor, uh, one thing we can tell Ari is we wish him the best. I mean, he might not have done it perfect. None of us did. Um, but we hope uh, that Ari's relationship uh, stands the test of time. Uh, and one way we can take, uh, take our time is by checking out Movement Watches. Uh, Nick and Ashley, I know you have heard uh, us talk about Movement. Uh, sure have. We know it as MVMT. You know those two college dropouts that started their own watch company? This company has grown like crazy. And now, with almost 2 million watches sold in 160-plus countries, they continue to revolutionize fashion on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. I don't know if you have checked out the site lately, but if you haven't, they have doubled the number of watch styles, and they are still expanding. Movement watches are all about looking good and keeping it simple. Movement Watches don't tell you how many steps you've taken or blow your wrist up with text message, but it tells you time and it looks good doing it. Movement watches start at just $95. At a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. Movement figured out that by selling online, they're able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price. Classic design, quality construction, and style minimalism. Get 15% off today. That's even a better value than what we said before. So get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash almost famous. See why movement keeps growing. Check out their expanding collection. Go to mvmt.com slash almost famous. Join the movement. We all need to. Now, Ben, I know that you have to go. So I'm going to take over with Nick now and do some listener emails. Hey, that sounds awesome. Nick, again, thank you for coming on. Thanks for being a good friend. Ashley, uh, I, I'm wishing you the best. I'll talk to you soon. Keep your head up, girl. Thank Keep you. Keep fighting a good fight. Hey, buddy. Talk to you later. Hey, bye, guys. Nick, are you ready to do some relationship questions? People love sure, rela- why not? People love relationship advice from you. No, they don't. Yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, like, I know he may not have the best track record publicly. However, you have great relationship advice. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Backhanded compliment. Um, so, Nick, last week we had an amazing email, a juicy one, from this girl named Anonymous. Was she, it? Yeah, was it amazing or juicy? Well, it was juicy for us. Okay. And, like, probably a horrible situation for her to be in personally. So, basically. Can you summarize? Yes. She's been in a wonderful relationship for five years. She really adores. What's the problem? Okay, the problem is that there's this guy that she found. I think he may be at work. She has a mad crush on him. Can't stop thinking about him. And she's thinking, what do I do? Should I not be having these feelings if it's right with my boyfriend? Or is it natural to have a crush? So we got a ton of emails back about this. And yeah, there are two schools of thought. Some people think oh, this is totally human nature to develop a crush when you've been in a five-year relationship. Like, it's just a crush. Ignore it and be true to your man. And the other half are saying, if you're feeling these kinds of feelings, it's obviously not right with your boyfriend. What do you think? I think it is natural to, you know, I'm not a a big believer, as I've mentioned before, that there's a, a one and only for anyone. I think it's very easy for people to be attracted to multiple people in a lot of different ways. It could be a physical attraction, could be an emotional connection. And obviously the beauty of, of being with someone in an exclusive relationship is that choice of 
saying no to those um, temptations that um, are, are going to be constant, especially in, in a world like we have today where things like social media and people's short attention spans make um, temptation that more prevalent. But um, I guess it's just a matter of how much we indulge in it. I mean, I don't even dismiss the fact that this person went out of their way to write you guys as much as they might seek the advice of, of Ben and Ashley. Hey, we're, I mean, we're, we're advice? We're sure, advice but I mean, it takes some actual, I mean, this person is down a rabbit hole. Yeah, they, in terms well, of, they are suffering. Um, <laughs> they are going anywhere for advice. So, you know, you just kind of, I think when it comes to things like temptation, you the mature thing to do, the right thing to do is, it's one thing to have temptation. It's You can't help but be attracted to people. Doesn't mean you're in love with them. Doesn't mean you're going to act in any of those temptations. But you can be drawn to all sorts of people. You can be drawn to the people of the same sex without it being any type of romantic. You know, you know. There's always things that attract us to other people. Uh, when it comes to, um, you know, romantic involvement, I, again, I think it's the mature thing to do is to not act on it, to not indulge in it, to not, you know, pine on the thought of this person. The fact that this person is wondering, you know, what should I do? I think there's something there that they might need to explore because maybe, maybe their quote unquote amazing relationship isn't so amazing. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to by, say with case by case basis, it, you think? Well, it's hard to say with such little information. I would love to kind of ask questions about this person's amazing relationship <laughs> and find out if it is in fact amazing. But, um, but the law, you know, uh, I think it just comes down to it's one thing to have sensations and to be attracted to people in whatever way. It's it's quite the, another to act on it. And right. sometimes we play with fire and, and sometimes we get burnt. Well, speaking about, um, you know, emotionally cheating, this is an email from Katie in response to Anonymous's email. She says, hey, Ben and Ashley, love the podcast and not normally one to email in. But after hearing Ashley read the anonymous email, I had to write in. For anyone who feels similar to Anonymous in a long-term relationship but has feelings for another person, emotional cheating is still cheating, and it can be more hurtful than a one-night stand. You're opening yourself up intimately to another person, sharing parts of yourself that should be reserved for your partner. Please don't think that sending friendly messages to a person you have feelings for is innocent. Or not in a. Do or, we know that this person is doing that? No, I think I think Katie's jumping the gun here. I don't think that Anonymous is emotionally cheating. Um, she just seems to be like kind of admiring more from afar. Um, she continues to say, if that message couldn't be in a group message with your significant other, it should not be done at all. Um, I mean, I I agree in the sense that again, we can't help who we. You know, sometimes thoughts pop in our head. Yeah. But. You know, again, that emotional cheating comes in when that person's like, well, I'm, I would never cheat. I would never, you know, hook up with someone. But then they, you know, they might send a text, be like, what's up? You know? Right. Hey, it was good to see you today or whatever. They just kind of keep that, that dialogue open. And they're, again, they're playing with fire. And maybe that stops there. Uh, maybe that person responds back and all of a sudden they're grabbing coffee together just as quote unquote friends or, or whatever. Or maybe they start hanging out more and those things, escalate even further so it just depends on um, how much any one person's gonna kind of act on again these emotions and and um, do anything I but, think what Katie's referring to right now is what I said I think 
I don't know. She's not married to her five-year boyfriend. Maybe she needs to just get to know this guy a little bit more to make sure that it's just an infatuation and not really something that she wants to be Well, with. no, because I don't. it could I, confirm that she doesn't really want to be with this guy. It's I just an, disagree. Yeah? I think the right and noble thing to do that if she has any doubt whatsoever that this current relationship isn't the one for her. No, but she thinks she, the current relationship is the one for well, her. Well, it doesn't <laughs> sound like she's so sure. I think maybe she should take a step back, try to distance her her thoughts from this guy and really be honest with herself and explore this current relationship. And I think if she's going to be in this relationship and at any point, she should really, you know, take a look in the mirror and really, instead of just casually being like, it's, I'm in an amazing relationship. Maybe it was amazing. Maybe she's, a lot of times people are in relationships and if they're in a long-term relationship, they, they, most of the, the strength of the relationship is so often like kind of built on the, the first six months of it, right? Mm-hmm. The honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. And you know, that happens with a lot of relationships, but you know, sometimes people will, will be in a, in a year, year and a half, two years relationship and they'll have some problems and they stay together. They love each other and they're used to each other and they're comfortable with each other. But most of the good doesn't happen anymore. It only happened in the, in the first five months, but maybe they like the way they look together. Maybe they've just told themselves this is who I'm going to end up with. And, and sometimes people, um, realize they're not really happy, you know, but they, they will outwardly when they talk, Oh, I love my boyfriend. I love my girlfriend. Yeah. Maybe that's not the case. You know, there is a reason why, um, you are so drawn to someone. And I think there's a big difference between, you know, walking down the street or going into work and, and seeing someone at the opposite success, sex, um, and saying, wow, that, that's, that's an attractive person and they're charming and, you know, boy, if I were if I were single, that what a catch. You know, that's that that can happen. But this person is not doing this. this person's going. They're obsessing. They're pining, and there's a reason for that. And I doubt it's just because this other person's so fantastic. It prob there's probably something going on in their current relationship that they're just they're not being honest with themselves about. So I would say explore that first. Do the right thing, and don't make it. Don't be a monkey swinging from one branch to another. Um, focus on the relationship that you're in. Just to play devil's advocate. <laughs> Um, don't you feel like there's so many couples out there that like were strongly with somebody and then they didn't realize that like the love of their life would be even grander when they just came along. And of course they came along while they were still with the other person. Sure. I mean, that can happen. But again, do the right thing. Which is that's not break an, up with that's the boyfriend not an excuse not, to then, okay, emotionally cheat. Or that's not an excuse yes, to tip yes, your yes. toes in, in a different pond okay. to see if you like the temperature. Okay, so you're like, um, you got to complete one before going on together, yeah. obviously. Okay, you know, well, thank you for that's doing what an adult. That's what adults do. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, this one's from Don't Taylor. Don't be Ari. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very accurate. From Anyways. Taylor. I was listening to the podcast and my heart dropped when I heard the anonymous email and I had to share my story. I dated my high school sweetheart for seven years, even though through four of those years, we were going to different colleges. However, our last year together, I started to develop a crush on a guy that I met on a spring break trip my senior year, and I decided that I just couldn't continue my current relationship. I knew it wasn't fair that he was all in and I was only half in. So I left the person I had loved for seven years. It was so hard to explain, but to this day, I still can't explain it. There was nothing wrong about him, nothing I would have changed about him, but in my heart, I just knew it wasn't right. Two years later, I'm happily engaged to my soulmate, and I couldn't be happier. It is not the act, not the crush from spring break, but somebody new. 
I just want this girl to know that she's not the only one who has been in this situation and that there might not even be anything truly wrong with her relationship. I just searched for months to find a reason why things didn't work and I felt extreme, extremely guilty for hurting someone who I thought was I thought so highly of. I finally had to just forgive myself, be confident in my decision, and God's plan for me. Sometimes your heart just knows that God has someone out there for you. That being said, I will also advise her to not think long and hard about it. Oh, advise her to think hard and long about it and be prepared that in no way will it be easy if she does decide to leave her boyfriend of five years. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. short answer, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> my very first relationship when I, you know, I we dated off and on for seven years. Part of first relationship is you just don't know anything else. You know, it was so hard for me to get over my first love because I didn't, I, n I didn't know what it was like to love anyone else in that way. Um, and yeah, some it's, especially it, it's not 1950 anymore. You know, back in the day you would meet someone in your early twenties, you'd fall in love and be like, well, uh, let's, let's get married. Um, it's just a different time. And so again, with just the way society is, for better or worse, um, sometimes, you know, most people don't end up with their first loves anymore. And that's probably a good thing because we mature and grow as individuals. I think people now mature later in life. They tr mature more, more in their 20s than they, I think mm -hmm. they did uh, back then. And you can love someone um, and have them not be the one. And sometimes it's maybe better to, to you know, let something go and see if it's really worth coming back. You know, that old saying, if you love something, set it free, so to speak. There's some truth to that. So, yeah, I mean, do we know how old Anonymous is, by the way? I think she's in her 20s. You know, in, 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 like dating, I mean, when you get older, the good part about dating is you, through failed relationships, have a better idea of what you want. You know, the, the bad part about that is things become less romantic in a way. When you're young, you fall in love. You're like, I love you. Let's let's date. Right. You know, when you're older, I think you, um, it's like, well, I've dated someone like this before. I've dated like someone like this before. It's harder to just fall in love overnight. You know, I used to be someone who fell really quickly. And now for me, it's harder because uh, I'm more objective because I've just, I've been in, you know, a handful of relationships where I don't just jump in. Mm -hmm. And when you're younger, it's like, it's so easy to become infatuated. So. Is, is that like from fear of being heartbroken? I don't really believe in that. I don't get that fear. I don't have that fear. No, I mean, it's not a fear of being heartbroken. It's more of a, you're just, you know more. And you're kind of almost, in a way, it sounds almost unromantic. I think you, you've, the the excitement or the... Uh, the, there is something that's missing when you get older. When you like when you're crisis. younger, you just yeah. don't know. It's like you meet someone, you're like, "This is a, what is this feeling?" I know. There's this that is feeling. Great. I have a whole I don't get it podcast about that feeling and how it, you kind of stop feeling it no matter who comes into your life. Exactly. When you get older, At you're like, like twenty three. Yeah. You're like, wait, I miss that like seeing my crush in the hallway feeling. I can't replicate it these days. It's harder. It's 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 the benefit of having perspective. I think it's important <laughs> to have perspective, but sometimes perspective makes life a little less fun. Yeah. You know because you the butterflies they're not as big anymore. The the idea I think is hopefully that you, um, if you ever are lucky enough to get those butterflies as you gain perspective in life, that it will become more genuine mm -hmm. and long lasting. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, as you gain more perspective and maturity, it's, it's, you might have the initial butterflies, but then there's, then there's that, you know, thought in your head that's, well, 
I mean, is this really what I think it is? Or, you know, I've, I've had this feeling before and this person, boy, they're sure, they sure are similar to that other person, you know, kind of thing. You, you, you take a step back and you're, you know, when you're younger, you're just like, let's do this. You know, you just kind of fall. You, uh, you have more, you have less reservations and, and less inhibitions or more. Is it more inhibitions? Less? I don't know. Yeah. And when you get across, you're like, oh, yay, fun. Instead of like, oh, man, where is this going to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have a, a question that just through skimming through it, seems like it was almost directed at you, Nick, to um, answer. This is from Lauren. Hey, Ben and Ashley. Love the podcast. Thanks for being my entertainment during my two-hour daily commute. Darn, girl, that's long. I was curious to see what your thoughts were about why Becca agreed to be the Bachelorette. Honestly, if it were me, I would feel betrayed by the producers for ambushing me with cameras during the relation during the breakup. Not to mention, there were producers asking her in the interview before Ari got there if she was in love with him and how she felt about the ring. And those producers knew exactly what was going to happen. I know that's the producer's job to make entertaining TV, but I just don't see how Becca could say yes to being the Bachelorette after producers betrayed her like that. I would feel like they would have not been having my best interests at heart. You two always say that producers are good people, so I'd like to know what you think is the justification for filming the breakup. We know Ari's side. Just wondering what made the producers think that this was a good idea. Thank you for your insight. Lauren S., not B. Hey, hey, Nick, you've had some very rough experiences. You got on down on one knee. Well, twice, technically almost, not. Almost, uh, ne- yeah, never. Technically exact, never. Technically <laughs> never, but like you about you were about to lean well, down. Well, with with uh, with Vanessa, I did, but. Oh, uh, yes. With, but yes, yes. Uh, so, so I didn't like, pick out a ring with Andy. And yes, I was prepared with, with Caitlin. Obviously, you know, we have been in Bachelor World. Uh, we we have a lot of friends who are producers. Um, that's not to say that both of us and, and Ben haven't had our frustrations with the show. It's a different world. Um, a lot of people had some strong opinions about uh, the finale and the filming of the breakup. People tend to always overreact um, I always find it funny. All the people, including a lot of people um, who are part of Bachelor Nation, are tweeting about how this is terrible for them to film, yet they're all watching it. Um, you know, we no one... <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was, I mean, if you were to read Twitter, it was if The Bachelor was airing someone being murdered or something. I, I know, mean, it's, right? It was a fairly outrageous reaction to, well, something a little bit personal, you know, and it's an interesting world. And um, again, it, well, Becca seemed to be okay with it. She's now the bachelorette. There's a couple. Whether you agreed, I mean, I certainly have some thoughts on it, right? Okay, go for it. <laughs> whether yes. you whether you agreed with um, the producers or Ari for doing what they did, and certainly it's easy to criticize some aspects. There's a couple facts that I think you can't argue. Uh, one is last Monday. Uh, before the premiere, I think the general thought of Becca was Bachelor Nation liked her. It was like, she's nice. She seems like a sweet girl. She didn't have um, a ton of airtime, and everyone liked her. On Tuesday morning, everyone loved her. Everyone was obsessed with her, Mm -hmm. and rightfully so, because she handled a very difficult situation with a lot of poise and maturity and class and, and strength, and everyone, you know, kind of felt for her, and, you know, it's... I'm, I'm assuming Becca woke up Tuesday morning feeling pretty good about herself, and she should. And 
you know, it's weird because in that world, sometimes the show um, will do things that in the moment you will feel betrayed by them and you will feel hurt and it will have a personal impact on your life only to later realize that while it might have sucked to go through, you appreciate um, some of the fallout of that. And Becca, I'm sure, is no different. And then I, I had the same experience on Caitlin's season. Um, you know, when I, I won't get into the details, but, um, you know, obviously I showed up on Caitlin's season s- simply because of a pre-existing relationship we had. And from the moment I showed up on, on Caitlin's season, um, there were a lot of things that went down between her and I off camera that were said or, or that happened that continued to give me more and more confidence. And I remember throughout the process, a lot of which was off camera, constantly telling Caitlin, listen, you know I'm only here for, for you. So if you don't end up with me, please just send me home as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously that didn't happen. She took me all the way to the end, up into the point where I asked her father's permission for, to get engaged. I picked out a ring. I planned a whole speech. I delivered that speech. And then right before I got down on my knees, she broke up with me. Now, in the moment, I was hurt. I was incredibly angry at Caitlin. And, um, you know, I remember feeling just all this anger. And I remember some of the producers, you know, saying, listen, don't be angry with her. Obviously, I knew the producers had probably encouraged her to take it that far. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all said and done. The reality is, is that if Caitlin had not taken me that far, um, I probably would never would have been The Bachelor. In a lot of ways, um, the way I handled the breakup and was probably the first time people kind of... Um, had a lot of empathy for you. Had empathy for me. It was kind of the first moment that Bachelor Nation started changing uh, their opinion of me. Not everyone, but um, how I handled that, you know, that moment when they saw my foot come out of a limo and then just the way I handled the breakup. Uh, I won a lot of people over and that was kind of the launching pad into, into paradise. And, you know... Certainly, I didn't th- feel that at the time, and I certainly it took a long time for things to play out. Uh, but I realized that by Caitlin doing that, she gave me one of my best moments. Mm-hmm. And had she say sent me home week six, I just would have been remembered as the villain from Andy season who showed up like a few other people did before, and they quickly dismissed, and I would have been an afterthought, and people wouldn't have thought much of me. Yeah. Um, Sometimes and so really hurtful moments for you on TV end up being your best moments in the long run. And it get it gets you in a place that you would have preferred to be in. Um, and if without that yeah. moment, generally, you would have never gotten there. Generally, everyone's best moment in Bachelor Nation, minus a few exceptions, is when you get dumped. Yeah. Almost almost always. I agree. Because that's when the audience really connects with you. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, Nick? It's always fab to have you here. It's also fun. Um, it's and then you are fit, and you know who else is fab and fit and fun? Chloe Kardashian, Bethany Frankel, Martina McBride, Ashley Tisdale, Ashley Simpson, Nikki Reed, and Aisha Curry. They all love Fab Fit Fun, and you need to add your own name to that list. The Spring Box is available now, so sign up before they sell out. And guys, they sell out like crazy fast you do not want to miss this box so get your fab fit fun box in the mail four times a year it's like christmas four times a year it's awesome here's some of the content you're going to get in the spring box rachel pally reversible clutch got to play with this in the offices and it is fantastic it's going to fit all your stuff but it's also not going to be like weighing you down when you go out there's a free people and understated leather eye mask 
I love eye masks. Um, then there's a lip palette, Murad Skin Perfecting Lotion. Murad is so high quality that you are getting it in this box that is worth so much more than you're getting it for. For us, you're going to get your box for $39.99 because you're saving $10 when you use our code ALMOSTFAMOUS. So I want you to head over to FabFitFun.com, use our code ALMOSTFAMOUS, and you can send $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that is FabFitFun.com. Use our code ALMOSTFAMOUS and treat yourself to this amazing four times a year gift. Thank you guys so much for listening. Keep those emails coming. It is Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to our guests, Nick and Kevin Went. And thank you to our sponsors, FabFitFun, Movement Watches, Latote, Quip, and Smart Suites. Go to iTunes, leave us a review, and we'll be back very soon. I've been Ashley. What? I'm Nick. Yeah. What's up? I've been Nick. It's proper. It's oh, proper. I've, I've been Nick? Yes. Not anymore. Can I change my name? This is fun. Goodbye, guys. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.